Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And today's homily highlight is from our good friend, Father Thomas Nathy. He is the pastor at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. Mountaintop experiences. In the Bible, in the Old Testament especially, but also in the New Testament, you see these hilltop or mountaintop experiences where people go to the top of mountains to commune with, to commune with God. And this goes to the point where even the non-Jews will do this and the Jews will emulate the non-Jews and they will even build temples on top of mountaintops to the pagan gods, etc. And that'll cause God to be very upset. But we see just over and over, if you read the Old Testament, these mountaintop experiences. Noah, his boat lands on top of a mountain. And there is this covenant with the rainbow. Moses goes up the mountain and he comes down with the Ten Commandments. He has an experience up there with God. Jesus today is transfigured on top of Mount Tabor. And of course, Jesus will go to Zion, Mount Zion, where the city of Jerusalem is built on top of Mount Zion. And then he'll be crucified on a little hill on Mount Zion called Calvary or Golgotha. Why? What's, what's the thing with the mountaintops? Why is that important? Well, I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember reading about the significance. But there's sort of the sort of obvious thing that a mountaintop is closer to heaven, right? You're just closer to God up there. The other is, I think it has something to do with burning calories, that getting to a mountaintop requires work, some kind of sacrifice of minutes or hours of one's time maybe the better part of a day to get to a mountaintop, depending. If you're going to Everest, it'll take days or weeks to get to the mountaintop with life-risking challenges to get there. All right, Mount Zion. Before Jesus is crucified on Mount Zion, Abraham will go there. The mountaintop that Abraham goes to to sacrifice his son Isaac is Zion. That's where Jerusalem will one day be built. And the very spot in which Isaac is going to crucify, or to, rather not crucify, but to sacrifice his son, is actually Calvary on top of Zion. The whole thing is understood and planned by God. That the real sacrifice, the sacrifice that would truly redeem the human race, atone for the sins of humanity, isn't going to be Abraham's son. It'll be the father's son, Jesus. When Jesus goes to the top of Mount Tabor, he brings his three apostles with him. There's significance in that. When Abraham goes to the mountaintop with his son Isaac, it's just the two of them. And that's because Abraham has promised glory through his descendants, so he doesn't need any witnesses. All Abraham has to do is succeed in the challenge that's been given to him, and that is to sacrifice his son. And if he does, He'll have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, if you'll have that much faith in God. It's almost inconceivable that God would ask somebody to take their own child, especially if it's your only child. And remember, he was 80 years old when Isaac was born. He's not thinking he has any other chance here. Jesus' promised glory is through his church hence bringing the apostles. 
You and I know about Jesus because his apostles wrote down what happened. They eventually wrote the New Testament. They compiled the Old Testament, and the Catholic Church gave us the Bible, the Word of God, God speaking to us, literally. And it's through the Catholic Church that we have all of these truths that we know, that this bread and wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, that there is one God and three divine persons, not multiple gods, one God, but in three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can thank the Catholic Church. It's through the church that the glory of Christ is known and our glory is found. This is really, really important for us to make that connection, that Jesus brings this three apostles, and even amongst the apostles, there's this pecking order where Peter, James, and John are on three different occasions drawn out from the others and to go alone with Jesus. They'll do it again into Gethsemane, and they'll do it again at the raising of uh, the, I think it's Tabitha, in one of the towns. Jesus is revealing his own glory, and it reveals the glory that is to be ours if we will emulate him, if we will follow in his footsteps in what he's doing, if we would carry our cross and journey up our own mountain there would be glory. Abraham suffers inconceivably in carrying out what he believes will be the death of his son. That's the thing, is that the glory needs annihilation. It needs ultimately us to surrender to what appears to be diabolical evil, surrender to the complete annihilation of ourself with nothing to follow the dark night, the dark night of faith, which exceedingly few human beings will pass through that on earth. All the rest who make it into the beatific vision will pass through it in purgatory. But these precious few will pass through a crisis in faith that's inconceivable, and even the angels did themselves, the good angels. Jesus will suffer inconceivably in mounting Calvary. We know before he even begins his journey, he's sweating blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's taking on all of the sins of all of the human race from the dawn of Adam and Eve and touching that one forbidden fruit of which they would never sin again to the most diabolical human beings who've ever lived or will ever live Jesus sees all because he's God and is infinite and takes all of that sin and evil unto himself. And now he has to complete his mission. He has to go into the night to be arrested and be maltreated without, any, without the nourishment he needs, without the water that he needs, to have his flesh torn off his back with that lashing, to be crowned with thorns, to be mocked and jeered, and to finally be crucified. But if he'd go through it, he would reveal the true glory of God, which is inconceivable because we can't conceive infinity. Infinity, there's nothing that we can conceive of that can begin to capture infinity. His glory is simply infinite. And we get to see some of it on the top of Tabor. We get to see some of it when Jesus ascends into heaven. But what Tabor is communicating to these apostles is, A, 
Jesus is divine. There is glory in him. And they're going to need to know that because they're going to see Jesus get, cal- get crucified. They need to have faith in him. And so Jesus is going to show him his cards so that they'll have this faith that will get them through. But what's implicitly understood is that if I follow in his steps, I too will have the glory that Peter, James, and John have witnessed on the top of Mount Tabor. So it gets back to our suffering, which is really super hard. I'm not soft-selling it at all. Suffering is hard. It's very hard. When we suffer, we naturally think something is wrong. I'm, I'm suffering, therefore something's wrong. Well, the reality is there's nothing wrong. We suffer all the time. Some people suffer in the womb, and then we all suffered when we were born. And at that time, I mean, imagine what it would be like now if if any of you were to jump off a tall bridge and smack into the water below and how jarring that would be to your body. If it was ice cold water too, and none of you even want to get into a cold bathtub, let alone a freezing cold river or lake. No, when those little nine-month-olds are born, it's traumatizing to every one of us. By the grace of God, we forget. But then we'll keep suffering all throughout our lives. And we just naturally think there's something wrong here. But the thing that's wrong is that we had sinned and that suffering is now part of the human race and that we recognize in our DNA that, that we should have never have suffered. And it was right we shouldn't have suffered, except for sin. And now we will until we pass into the beatific vision. And then there will never be suffering again. And again, our DNA is telling us that one day we'll escape it. It'll be gone. But in the meantime, there is suffering, and righteous suffering. Suffering that's done for love of God and love of neighbor. You do it when you worry about your loved ones. You do it when you worry about yourself and whether or not you can continue on or fulfill your responsibilities, etc. But do any of us see ourselves as the victim? Do any of us see ourselves as needing to be the sacrifice? Somebody needs to be the sacrifice. In this case, we'd say, well, Isaac was going to be the sacrifice, but the real sacrifice was Abraham. The real sacrifice was Abraham. If Isaac's life would have been taken, it would have been traumatizing for those minutes, maybe, of his father taking his life. Maybe it would have been minutes, maybe less than a minute. But for Abraham, it would have been a lifetime of crucifixion if he would have actually had to have done it. Abraham was the true offering. Far greater suffering for Abraham if he would have had to have carried it out. But then there was terrific suffering for him to even take his son to the top of Zion. And then, of course, there was Jesus' suffering of all the sins of all the world to be the sacrifice that would redeem the human race. Billions upon billions upon billions of human beings not even yet created. He would have to be the sacrifice for them. If our suffering is united to God, is given to Jesus, Jesus, don't take away my suffering. I mean, if it's your will, take it away, but but rather give me the strength. Give me the strength 
to carry my cross, to climb up my mountain, to reach my mountaintop, to commune with you. Give me the strength. Give me the faith. And I know that in the end, you'll give me glory. But in this life and the here below, give me the strength while I live on earth to carry the cross that you've given me, to climb the mountain, to reach the top, to give you what it is that you created me for. And that is today's homily highlight from Father Thomas Nafee, pastor at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. Now you can listen to that homily again or any more of our great locally produced shows or podcasts. Just go to materdayradio.com. You'll also have access to all of those on the Hail Mary media app.